0: Good afternoon, and welcome to Delaney's Tea Time. I'm your host, Delaney Oaks, coming to you live from the not-so-sunny east coast of Florida. Um, Just a little update after two hurricanes over here. We are doing fine. Other places, not so much. But where we are, it's high and dry, so yay. Even though it's raining today, we're okay, Um, for which I am extremely grateful. (laughs) Excuse me. Um, we have some great guests on today, so I know we're going to have a lot of fun. And before I bring them on, I want to introduce to you the talent at the switchboard. Um, if it weren't for my able-bodied co-host, this show wouldn't run nearly as smoothly. So please welcome the clever, creative, and concise Christina Jacare. Hi, Christina. Please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, thank you
2: for that introduction. Um, Like everybody else here,
0: I'm an author. Um,
2: I write under the name of Rachel Rubin. Um, My first book was a YA novel called Hag. Um, It is no longer available, but I do have a free book on my website called writingbytheseatofmypants.com. It's called How to Self-Publish a Book, a Resource Guide for Beginners. And that's available, again, for free on my website, um, um, I hope. Well, this year I've decided to um, start Nano. And for Nano, I will be um, changing one of my books. I was doing a social media book, and I have decided to switch over from a regular book format to a workbook. Because I was inspired by the low-content movement. And I figured, oh. you know what, this is probably... This is probably where I'm going wrong with this book, so I decided to transform it into something more concise, more, um, more um, narrowed down and niched down. So we'll see how that goes.
0: Good luck. (laughs) That sounds really cool. Thanks. I am just really impressed with anybody who can do nonfiction stuff of any kind because that that is not my niche. I make shit up. That's my niche. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's what I do. <laughs> but, you know, people that that my, my son was saying the other day, he's got his daughter, is about six months old. She'll be six months old Wednesday. And he was saying he wanted to uh, write a children's book and illustrate it. And I said, go for it. I think that's great. I said, I'm... I, I don't think yep. I would do well with a, a children's book. He said, Why not? They're easy. I said, No, well, they're not. <laughs> they're really hard. But hey, if he's convinced it's easy, more power to him. To me that's hard. I, I don't I don't do well with that. But he's inspired so I hope he can get it done. Wish him luck. <clears throat> oh, anyway. Um, Christina, was there anything else you wanted to say? Or are you done? Oh,
2: I'm done for now.
0: (laughs) Okay. All righty. Well, I want to tell everyone a bit about myself. I am also an author, and I write mostly romantic suspense novels, but I also have a couple of historic romances as well as a sci-fi series and regular romances. I mean, just I'm all over the place. Um, I share some of my unpublished works on my two blogs, DelaneyOaks.com and WriterSanctuary.com. At blogspot.blogspot.com I think I got that right Um, I hope you'll pop over and have a visit and today I have some wonderful ladies on and I'm so excited to have them back on the show one of them hasn't been here in quite a while and I'm not sure how I let that happen so I am really delighted to welcome back to the show Barb Caffrey she's a writer editor and musician from Wisconsin She's the author of three novels, two in her young adult Elfiverse series, and one standalone, Changing Faces, that's both LGBTQ friendly. She has written at least 20 short stories, the most recent being included in the Fantastic Schools Halls anthology. And I would love to welcome her back to the show. Barb, please tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself.
3: Well, it's hard to know where to start, <laughs> but but uh, you know, when I was really young, um, I wrote a I wrote a story that I never was able to finish, and it was about at that point um, I'm, I've always been a big baseball fan, big sports fan. At that point, they didn't even have girls allowed to be ball girls you know wow. or and so my story I was in 6th grade and I was trying to write this first this first girl trying to integrate and of course because she's uh the way she is she doesn't want to actually have to tell the guys she's different but of course she is and so I, I never did find an, an end to that story
4: mm-hmm. but my
3: teacher said you have to not only do you have to finish this this is probably what you should do the rest of your life and i and i thought to myself okay well i'm a musician and you know i i was hoping at that point to you know i think most of us wanted to play carnegie hall or at least think we were going to someday and uh-huh. and uh you know so i did that and i you know i wrote for my various uh, school newspapers and such and well, life kind of intervened, and so the first marriage didn't take, which is a good thing because I eventually met my late husband, Michael, and he was wonderful, mm-hmm. but and he was a fellow writer too. Um, but, uh, you know, so I finished up my first degree when I was 27 writing for the school newspaper again. My brother was actually the editor-in-chief, and he says, Barb, you got to write for me. I'm like, I haven't written anything, and I don't know how long. It's like, I don't care. You've got to write for me anyway. <laughs> so, so that's why I started writing, and I was writing, you know, uh, opinions and other sorts of, you know, like book reviews, and I wrote, you know, album reviews. And, and they, yes, they were CDs at that point, but I still called them album reviews. I didn't care. <laughs> and, and so... Uh, you know, so I did that, and then I, I went to graduate school, and again, life intervened. We had some uh, family uh, medical uh, drama. Part of it is because my grandma was, uh, she was in her 80s, and she had, she almost made it to 90. Oh, wow. Um, and uh, and then my mom uh, had pneumonia so bad that she fell into a coma and nearly died. So oh, it's like dear. I took a... So, so I took a couple of years to, uh, finish up my, my master's degree, a couple more than I'd planned. Uh, but by, but by that point I'd met my late husband and, and, uh, as soon as I graduated with my master's and I, uh, and I was 36 then, <laughs> I, uh, I then, you know, I, I then, uh, was I was writing for the school newspaper again and I mean these people they didn't they didn't know me for anybody but because of my brother and because I had clips and such they're like well we like it that you're a musician who writes <laughs> <laughs> so you know um, tell us all about the music school and oh here's this opinion column you could do and so I did that for a couple of years and then they had it had a change in leadership <laughs> at the paper, and they were kind of like, well, we just want to deal with journalism stu- students now. But that huh. was okay, because by that point, I was like, okay, I'm I'm going to start writing these other stories I've got. Mm-hmm. And I started sending stuff off, and, of course, I got rejection slip after rejection slip, and I didn't right. realize the time <laughs> they were actually good rejections. Uh-huh. <laughs> As in, they would say, "We like this, but you know, could you write something, you know, a little bit different?" And they actually said what was what they felt was wrong, and I didn't know that was good at the time. I was like, "Oh, damn! I keep getting these rejection slips," but I kept doing it because, you know, I was I was looking not just for diversion, but um, I was I was remembering what all these people had said.
1: Uh huh. <laughs>
3: And so, um, when my husband and I married, I woke up one morning and I'd gone to sleep. I'd read it something I, I can't remember what the anthology is now, but they had said this is not your normal healthy, wealthy stuff. Uh
1: huh. So
3: I said, I wonder what normal healthy, wealthy stuff would be. I thought to myself <laughs> before I went to bed. And I woke up. I woke up with Bruno, my man character from the Alfieverse, in my head saying, "Well, I don't know about you." But I, you know, these these folks wearing these strange costumes—I don't like that. I like black. And oh, by <laughs> the way, I'm I'm the equivalent of a teenager, and I'm tired of this crap. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> he so, does uh, have
0: quite uh yeah. There is I mean, he quite was, an attitude. Yes. <laughs>
3: yeah, and 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 as I and as I wrote, I mean, I mean, he 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 found the right person for him. Uh, you know she was in a bad situation. Her parents were basically lying to her, and she was older than she thought, although she still was about his age. You know they were both uh-huh. the equivalent of late teens and uh-huh. maturity and so here she is. They manage to find each other. they get engaged because he he one night she almost uh i don't know if she put into a sleep spell or something and he had to get her back into her bed and he felt that was just he shouldn't do that he he shouldn't handle this girl with her nightgown even though she's wearing this long flannel nightgown he's like well and he he liked her anyway you have to understand right. but he didn't realize this so he's like well i guess that means we've got to get engaged now <laughs> <laughs> and, and and so she says is that your reason? I mean, this is basically what she's telling me. Is this really your reason? Well, no, I, I like you. I think you're so interesting. And, and, you know, and so I'm, I'm writing these these different things and, and uh, then her aunt shows up and she's, and she's a full Elfie. Whereas Sarah, uh, the woman who becomes Bruno's wife eventually, and I'm that's what this, uh, a short story I'm going to read to you. We know he's uh-huh. married her by this point, but we don't see her, which is too bad. I got to write something where we do see her. Uh huh. Anyway, anyway, uh, it was it was funny because you know, I'd write something in there, and I'm like, he writes when her aunt shows up. Um, she he's he, she he says but. She's like, why? Well, why are you getting engaged now? You guys are pretty young. You really want to do this? And yeah, this is this is what I'm getting in my head. This is not what she says. What she says is, "You young fool. That's your reason." <laughs> so um, and he says, "No, I. I mean, I really like her, and you know, and I don't know what to do about it otherwise. And and you know, I mean, he. I mean, this is a. This guy is innocent. and He doesn't want to admit it. You know." Yeah. So yes, you know, so I had a, I had a ball right in that story. And then oh, uh and then I started a prequel set in nineteen fifty four, which I hope to finish one of these years. Uh-huh. Um, and I and I started a sequel that ended up at three hundred thousand words at the time my <laughs> my husband passed away. And I'm still trying <laughs> to figure that one out. Because it's like, okay, I can I can fix this part. I know I could get one full novel out of this, So yeah. what do I do with these other two parts over here? <laughs> and, yeah. and and because I, you know, because of when my husband passed away, my writing uh, process slowed down a lot because I didn't have anyone to talk to about it.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And he was so helpful because he would just sit there and he'd read, like, this doesn't make any sense. Why don't you do this? Oh, Okay. Um, this I well, I love this over here. Why don't you do a little more of that? Okay, you know I mean I was I was very uh, I figured he knew what he was doing because he he'd been editing a little bit and he you know he Uh-oh. was he'd he'd been writing for longer than me. Well when when uh, when Michael passed that's my late husband when when he passed away um, first thing I did is try to figure out what I was going to do to uh, keep his work alive as much as I could. Mm-hmm. And I did put up a couple of his stories at Amazon. And now this—this this, here's a story for you too. I don't want to uh, get in the way of you introducing me anyone else, mind you. You could just tell me, hey, I got to introduce somebody else. Get out of the way. Yeah, I need to bring Mary on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but remind me. I'll tell you this story. It was—it was so funny. Okay,
0: we'll—we'll okay. we'll touch on that in a little bit righty, um, my uh, my next guest um, has been on the show several times, and we always love having her on. Um, Mary Collier is the author of Chronicles of Maka series, um, Star Lady Tales series, and the Chronicles of Tanath series. I hope I pronounced all those correctly. Um, <laughs> she's also been the curator of the Accessions Committee at the Local Historical Society, and she was a docent at the Old Schoolhouse Museum. Welcome back to the show, Mary. Please tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself.
5: Well, thank you, Ed Delaney. Uh, There's a lot to tell since I'm so old, but uh, uh, (laughs) my mother took me out of Iowa when I was so sick from allergies because there was no way they could cure them back then.
0: Uh Uh-huh.
5: And... uh, you know, I sat there when I was 14 and listened to a doctor say, uh, take her home and let her die. Thank God my mother didn't do that, but oh, <laughs> we headed west, and I wound up in Phoenix. Oh, I love that desert. Nothing like warm desert air. It heals me. Mm-hmm. And so I uh, was able to return to school the next year. I met my husband at the high school. I was a year older than he, so I had to wait for him to graduate as a senior before we could get married. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So there we were. I was 19. He was 18. Oh, was he furious? Because he was only 18. We were in Arizona. He had to have his mummy there to sign his papers. (laughs) And since I was female, I didn't need anybody to sign because a female at 18 was... Uh, a legal resident. <laughs> oh
0: my god, that's hilarious. <laughs> so,
5: uh, oh, fortunately we did laugh at the same thing. So our marriage lasted for 45 years. We had two wonderful, wonderful children. Uh however, he got tired of baking his brains in the sun cuz he was a carpenter. Oh, uh, even though it was inside on the finish work, uh the windows would be closed and no AC and he <laughs>
0: Oh, that's awful.
5: Yeah, so he moved us to the Pacific Northwest, which my daughter and I dearly hated, to say the least. Oh dear. <laughs> it it oh. can rain there, and it can be remain dark. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So it, I went to work for Nintendo when they sent Kelly girls sent me there. I didn't oh. know even what the name meant and walked in there and wondered why they had this arcade game playing in the downstairs. (laughs)
1: Little
5: did I know. (laughs) However, that turned out to be the best. I was already working as an accountant for my husband's uh, construction company. Mm -hmm. I I was his bookkeeper, and we also had his mother. We were the caretakers for her. But here I am at Nintendo... And I they, I finally, after they tried to persuade me for months, joined in, because I knew if I joined the workforce in, under the name of Nintendo rather than a temporary, I was going to work some long, long hours. And sure enough, I worked some long, long hours. Oh, bad. <laughs> and uh, before I quit, uh, I, I worked there for 12 and a half years. I was wow. a, what they called an advanced super agent. Wow. <laughs> but I wrote a lot of short stories while I was up there for some reason Uh uh-huh.
0: Because it rained all the time, that's why
5: <laughs> Probably At right. any rate, as you said, I have the series of the Mac, uh, chronicles there's, there's seven books in that There's three in the Chronicles of Toth, And I have now five Star Lady anthologies out the oh, name of wow. the latest one is Twisted and Untwisted Tails. They're not all of them twisted like the uh the other four. Oh,
0: okay.
5: Some of them are actually a normal tail. <sighs> <I'm laughs> and, yeah, it is. <laughs> and I'm no longer on the uh a sessions committee or the board of directors at the old schoolhouse museum, but I still do uh Doseting once a month,
1: oh As good! I said, I've
5: lived a long, long time my, uh My husband died over twenty years ago, and we'd been married for forty five years. If that tells you anything. Oh my goodness, so, yeah, so uh here I am in the twilight of my life, and I still haven't sense enough to completely quit. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: if you're doing what you love and it makes you happy, why quit?
5: You, you know, know that's what my <laughs>
0: There's no I, law that says once you get old that you have to quit doing this. Well,
5: things I know, you would, but would you doing. you know, your, your body sort of tells you, "What are you doing?"
0: Oh yeah, I know. I I have a little trampoline that my my son's got me a couple years ago Ooh. and I it's wonderful. I mean, I love it. I don't bounce high on it because I go through the ceiling because it's inside. <laughs> but I got on it the other day, and I was bouncing a little more aggressively than I do, and I pulled a muscle uh, in my back. Oh, oh no. Oh, on oh, the trampoline. Oh. Like, what the hell? This, <laughs> yeah. yeah. supposed to happen. You know, you pull your back lifting something heavy or pushing something. You don't get it from jumping two inches off a trampoline. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, it, it gets, gets worse. It's greater.
4: I'm going to put it in a thing...
5: What it does get worse, because uh, I was in that motor accident. It wasn't my fault? Yeah. It wasn't my daughter-in-law's fault. The guy slammed into the side of her van.
0: Oh, oh my Lord. Lord, yeah, I remember you telling and me. And it
5: broke that. two of my the airbags exploding. Oh it broke two of my ribs. Mm. I have never had such pain in my life. I've had a broken leg, I've had a fractured uh. ankle. I've had two children. <laughs> Nothing compared to those two broken ribs.
0: I can imagine. Well, we had a car accident. My son and I had a car accident. A car hydroplaned in a Ooh. thunderstorm on I-95 and uh, rear-ended this truck, but he saw me coming, so he put his truck in neutral and took his oh. foot off the brake so that when I hit him, he just rolled. So, I mean, it still totaled oh. my car, but we were not killed.
5: Oh, good. But I'm, I'm so had glad. Had
0: yeah, I had to get some other tests run. That was like ten years ago. Okay, oh my. so I had to get some other tests run uh, for another problem uh, about four months ago,
1: uh-huh. and
0: the doctor is going over it and says, "Oh, and I see evidence of two broken ribs." I'm like what? <laughs>
3: oh, she said, y-
0: "You didn't know?" I said, "No, that's probably from our car accident because, you know," and I explained what had happened. And I said, you know, the hospitals really slammed that day. They had stuff all over, and all the uh, treatment rooms were were uh, tied up. So the doctor just saw me and my son in the hall, but he didn't oh. order, like, any x-rays or anything. Oh. And I had two broken ribs. She oh my said God. because of the placement, it was from the seatbelt. And because ah. of, I had these two broken ribs, I had no idea why I was in so much pain, so much pain, that would explain it. (laughs) Oh, definitely.
5: Oh, my word. So, uh, and unlike you, I do not write romance. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Not that you don't write a good romance, because I have read a couple of your stories. Oh, thank you. Uh, Yeah, but I, I just... It is just not what I do.
0: Oh, that's all right. Not everybody (laughs) writes the same stuff. It's probably a good thing.
5: (laughs) (laughs) However, I must say romance sells better than anything else.
0: Well, mine doesn't, but I hope that it will.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I'm with you on that one.
0: Yeah, well, I'm going to go ahead, and Marta's having some problems with her Internet and stuff, but I'm going to mm-hmm. see, Christina says she's, she's here, so we're Ooh. going to give it a shot. Okay. Um, I will introduce her, and if she can actually talk to us, awesome, and if not, we'll just schedule for another day. Not a big deal. Um, Marta is my dear, dear friend, and she is also another of our hosts on the Books and Entertainment Network. Um, Marta Moran Bishop has been writing for most of her life, and has over thirty books and stories out in print. She's an award-winning author and poet, and has a radio show which makes and where she talks about books and music videos. And um, she works with prominent. Not reading this well, Marta. I apologize. She works with a promotional marketing team, which I also work with. Um, her motto comes from her mother. Just go for it. So we're going to just go for it and welcome Marta Moran Bishop to the show. Um, and Marta, if you can talk to us, babe, tell us a little bit about yourself.
4: Hi, Delaney. Hi, Mari. Yay. Hey. <laughs> I just can't get into the Internet, I, and, then, and my headset isn't working, so I'm just oh, on my okay. phone. Oh, okay.
0: Well, do the <laughs> best you can, dear. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but I am not on speaker. <laughs> Okay,
0: thank
4: you. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's about me? Um, oh my goodness! Uh, I've let it. I had the old Chinese curse put on me when I was born. But oh no! <laughs> my, you know, the three fairy godmothers came and they wished me beauty, brains, etc. And then the fourth one came and wished for me an interesting life. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> uh, but you know, it has given given a lot of food for different things, and one day I'm going to write it, but I don't know anybody's going to believe it. <laughs> <laughs> you well, it. you could
0: always pass it off as fiction, and then when they're asking your questions, think, oh yes, that that really happened.
4: Oh, well, yeah, you know, uh, it's it's funny because when my sister was alive. I had put this thing up, Uh, somebody had put this uh, thing on Facebook about, you know, um, name jobs, giving a list of jobs and name jobs that you hadn't done. Mm -hmm. And I added modeling in there as in there thinking, oh, gee, I hadn't done that. My sister comes back and said, yes, you did. (laughs) 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 And I'm like, oh, yeah. (laughs) It was it, that was a really funny story because I was modeling lingerie.
0: Oh my god! <laughs> in a restaurant.
4: In a restaurant, but the lingerie—none of us models would. We all wore bra and everything underneath, and uh-huh. you know we didn't. We didn't wear the real see-throughy shit. Right. Right. And. Um, it, I was going around to the tables, it was lunchtime, and my sister, who was in um, point of, oh, you know that the, the advertising were point of purchase market, marketing, and she uh-huh. had the whole crew there at the tables, table, unbeknownst to me that they were even coming my first day. And they all held up signs with numbers on them: number six, number ten. <laughs> it was it was like an embarrassing moment. But I've done, you know, I worked as a psychic. I was uh, a magician's assistant. I took people guardianship of three teenage girls. I was in the antique ivory business for a while. I mean, come on, you know. Wow. (laughs) You know, nobody would believe most of it. So what can I say?
0: (laughs) And I I will say right here, I didn't know any of that about you, and I've known you for years. Wow. (laughs) That's pretty cool.
4: Well, it's it's funny because in the end, the antique ivory business was the antique European ivory uh-huh. Versus the antique Asian ivory. Oh, okay. And I got involved with it with a guy that um, <laughs> I forget where I, I think I met him when I was working as an insurance salesperson <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
4: for John Hancock. Wow. And he was working there, too. And he had been, he had a knack for being able to spot it just out of the, you know, in a junk store or whatever. hmm and the mafia got interested in how he was c- collecting so much of this.
0: Oh no. Ooh.
4: And so, and this is a true story. And so they were following us. And his we found sure. out his phone was bugged and my phone was <laughs> bugged. And then it turned out at the same time I had taken legal guardianship of three teenage girls. Mhm. And the oldest one was living with me. She was 15, or almost 15. And it turned out that her mom had been, I would not have taken legal guardianship if I'd known, but had been raised in a black Satanist cult.
1: Oh, my my God. And she had been
4: the high, high priestess, and she had literally escaped from that. Uh-huh. But the next high priestess in that cult was supposed to be her oldest daughter on her fifteenth birthday who was living in my house.
1: Oh good.
4: And so uh, I have <laughs> I have these really strange other guys following me. Okay. Uh, and on top you of all of that the mafia
0: that, guys on the side. Oh no, 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 no. It gets
4: it gets better. It gets better. <laughs> Because I'm telling you, this is all happening simultaneously. This is all the exact same period of time. Uh-huh. At the exact same period of time, I was dating this guy that, unbeknownst to me, was a big-time art thief.
1: Oh,
4: oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know. Uh-huh. <coughs> but somehow, I rather... the the guy with the antique ivory business that found out turned it over to the police and so my brother who was a chef at one of the local restaurants a four star Uh restaurant a sous chef was taking a nap because he was working a swing shift at my house which was right down the street from there Uh at my apartment and The police came to my house to raid it.
0: Oh, dear Lord. Oh, dear Lord. This is
4: all happening simultaneously.
0: (laughs) I know it wasn't funny at the time, but right now with you telling it this is hilarious. Well, I had... that people would put in a movie and everybody would say, oh, no, that couldn't, that wouldn't happen in real life. Mm-hmm.
4: Well, how uh, I got rid of everybody, actually, is um, I told, <laughs> I ended up telling the police about the mafia people. No. <laughs> uh, and the, <laughs> and so the police kind of took care of everybody else. Oh, Good. And of course, I had to. I have uh, broke up with the other with the art thief. <laughs> oh my
1: goodness! Oh.
4: But this literally was. I felt like no. At the time, I'm sitting there going, "This is Twilight Zone." I'm really living in an episode of the Twilight Zone right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I imagine it felt like that. Oh my dear lord. Yeah. That's awful. (laughs)
4: But, like I said, I don't know anybody would believe most of it. Well, like
0: I said, you can market it as fiction, and then when you're talking about it, you can say, "Oh yes, this this really happened, and that really happened, and um, yeah, (laughs) this is your life, Marta Moran Bishop." And,
4: oh. and I did end up starting dating a uh, the second most decorated cop in the history of the city of Chicago.
0: <laughs> and,
4: okay, who who helped From take care of everybody? To a
0: cop, I think that's great. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh my goodness,
0: you have lived <laughs> a colorful life, my dear. <laughs>
4: Oh, that isn't even all the half of it <laughs> Oh, I'm sure <laughs> before it
0: gets too much later, though, I do want to get everybody's excerpts, and then we I don't can have chat one some more Oh, you don't have one okay well, if you don't want do you want to read one? I can start with Barb and Mary if you want to re- if you want to find
4: one i I don't well, I don't have any internet
0: oh. I don't have any.
4: And um, some of the books, I'd like to talk about them.
0: Okay, well, we'll do that after. I'll get the other two readings. Let them do
4: the readings. And I'll, oh, no, wait wait a minute. I do have one. So let they can, um, I do have one from one of my mom's. Uh, children's books, which...
0: Okay, great. Well, let me get the other two ladies to read, and you find what you want to read, and we'll just go on with it, okay? Um, okay. <laughs> um Barb, would you like to read something first?
3: Yeah, I think I can do that. Bye, Hopefully it'll make some sense. Let me see here. All right. So the, the only thing you need to know first off is that uh, these these two guys, one of them is my main character, Bruno, but he was named John then, um, and uh, his buddy Leftwich. It's actually Arlie Leftwich, but his first name is, as as Bruno puts it, too funny to be born, so you never, he doesn't use it. <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> So this is a definitely young adult story, so here we go. John and Leftwich stood the chilly air with Leftwich's dog, Ann Bess. It was their first ball uh, tennis ceremony at their new school, St. Robin Goodfellow School for Science of the Nobility and Other Unfortunates. It was a holiday, of course, but they were both orphans and had no one to be with except each other. Even their teacher, the great Roberta the Wise, had gone to visit with his sister, the Lady Keisha Madrogan, which made sense as she always had to bless the beast for the Elfie High Council as only the best cleric mage in the entirety of the Alfie realm would do for them. And from what everyone said, Lady Keisha was most certainly that. The way their their people, the Bilroy, handled the holiday went like this. If you had a beast of any sort, it had to be blessed by a cleric of some sort. Some ceremonies were headed up by renowned people, such as Lady Keisha, and some weren't, like theirs. A sober, sober postulant in the raiment of the garden blessers stood next to the school. There was a belt, belt of nine gale, of course, the bail fire. The school's chickens, mules, and other animals had all been herded into the fire and out again, but Leftwich's dog, Ann Beth had thus far stoutly refused to do the same. John asked, is she afraid of fire? Never has been before. Left Witch looked down. I have no idea what to do to get her to go through it, though, and Postulant Corinna seems to just want to get on with it. Maybe she's got a hot date, John said, snickering. Left Witch laughed a bit and tugged on Ameth's worn leather leash. Come on now. You need to do this for me. Ameth never have been that great at following orders, John knew. Ambus had always had a mind of her own, and today she just wasn't interested in that bail card. After some discussion between Leftwich and the postulant, she, postulant Corinna, came over to ceremonially, that's a tough word, ceremonially bless Ambus. As Corinna intoned, may you Ambus be blessed at this holy time of year and be fruitful and multiply in the fullness of time. Not yet she shouldn't, Leftwich muttered, and may you always obey your owner, our late left witch for good pleasure. Uh-oh, the postulant had really done it now. Ambus was not a dumb dog. She knew when she was being talked down to, and she really didn't like it. So <laughs> be- so before the postulant could get out the holy water to dog Ambus on the head, as was proper. Ambus reared to her great height and started worrying at the jewelry postulant Corinna had around her neck. There was a... <laughs> Purple stones, amethysts, John thought, along with clear quartz and some yellowish bits that might be topaz. If John bent his head, he could almost figure it out. Looks like a map of the stars. Gifts like that were only given an expectation of something major being done later by the recipient they needed to see in the owner's possession until whatever that was happened. Usually a necklace like this was bonded to the owner, but in this case, as Corinna was still a postulant, it was unlikely She'd been bonded to it. Unfortunately, Ambess was strangely attracted to it. Just as Corinna seemed to realize Ambess meant to get that necklace, the chain broke. Along with Ambess's leash. The dog grabbed the necklace in her mouth, ran through the fire, and was gone. Well, that's one <laughs> way to get her through the belt nine gale, John thought. <laughs> <laughs> so the rest of the story is basically how do they get that necklace back, and 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 uh, they're and, and it's one of these things where they're they're in a bar talking about it ten years later, saying I still don't know how you did this.
0: <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's
3: that, that. that's 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 the intention. I my one of my one of the, that I just uh, the the one that the editor liked the most was about how they. <laughs> Well, Leftwich says after they said may you be fruitful in the in the in the uh in the fullness of time. Not yet she shouldn't. <laughs>
0: um, where can our listeners find your work?
3: Okay, um well that's part of Fantastic Schools Halls and it is available on Amazon as an ebook. I think they do have a print version as well, but I don't know mm-hmm. how many people I think it's easier to get it in an e-book. Um, there are many other wonderful stories in this book, um, including by my good friend and editorial client, Chris Nuttall, one of his stories. Uh, it, usually he's he is a big draw for us. Um, unfortunately, I'm not. Now, you would think if they read this whole story, that, of course, I'd have to be right. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, do you have a website or blog that you'd like to direct people to?
3: Oh sure. Um, my uh, my blog is it's called uh, Barb Caffrey's Elfiverse, and it's uh, Elfiverse. That's E L F Y V E R S E. dot WordPress. dot com.
0: Great. And
3: I do have a couple of samples from a uh, sample chapters from both the first elfie book which is um called an elfie on the loot.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And and I know the the second book is called it's even better. It's called A Little Elsie in Big Trouble. <laughs> so um, so anyway, um I have that and I also have um some sample chapters available from my standalone uh novel. Changing faces. Now that book has been called, and I think they meant uh well by it. They said it's like Freaky Friday on acid. <laughs> now considering they don't do considering they don't do any any uh, any drugs in this novel, I think it's just because of how how men if they start thinking about well what would they do if all of a sudden they woke up in a woman's body and couldn't get back. I think that scares them. <laughs> That would be
0: terrifying for a lot of men. I feel. I think that's it, awesome. I
3: think it would be too, and they, you know. So I, I, I wrote this, and, uh, you know, I, I, I had fun, and, uh, you know, I, I. It's a. Uh, it, it can be a challenge, though, when you're trying to break in as a novelist, and I know you guys <laughs> understand that. Oh yeah. And because Ab- of my. You know, when my when my husband passed away, um, it, it took me several years to uh, kind of put myself back together, and uh, yeah. you know. But uh, the the good part is, at least I'm keeping um, things going. I don't want to get in the way of anyone else's excerpt, but I will tell you the the very brief thing about the the stories I'm keeping going for my husband.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, I I managed to put out. Two stories that were pretty much completely his. I put out a third one where I, I wrote a frame story around it. Mm-hmm. I, I wrote a fourth story which I haven't put up for some reason. I really should, but I just haven't. And I'm writing a young adult story um, about one of the people in uh, in that third story who we we believe that she didn't make it. Now me writing about this girl at fourteen. I would think if anyone's going to survive a shipwreck disaster, it's going to be this young lady. So I'm I'm going to fig I have to figure out how she mm-hmm. survived that. But but anyway, um, Michael's main character was a guy named Joey Maverick,
1: mm-hmm.
3: and uh, I wrote, like I said, that second story. I wrote a frame story around it, and the third story I kind of added a whole subplot to it. But the frame story means I have to go someplace else other than the novel that he wrote. So it's like, oh no, now what do I do? <laughs> oh
0: no, you'll figure it out.
3: I hope so. I mean, it's 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 taken me a, a few years because it's like you know you, you kind of get with the family issues and um, you know we we've had some interesting times trying to. Uh, trying to get various things to uh make sense i'm I'm fortunate that my mother is still alive and uh but she um some of the some of the things after you've had a coma and that and i mean she was not you know i mean she was still a pretty young woman when that happened wow. um it does- it does affect you the rest of your life but I imagine you know you know, but the good thing like i said she's she's live she does well she um she has very interesting insights, and sometimes we have a very good time um for one reason: my mom is now a Twitter influencer. Oh
0: wow. I need to get her she, posting for me. <laughs>
3: well, well, when she posts about my books no one ever looks, which I think is sad, but with with it yours is. because especially you write romantic sus- suspense. I've got to have her read some of your stuff. She loves romantic suspense. Oh, with mine great. she's like, what's mine? She's like, why do you have to write that science fiction fantasy stuff? Does anyone read that? Yeah. And I point to and I point to to um to JK Rowling and she says but that's her I don't
0: how oh, are, are you? you gonna
3: get how are you gonna get noticed I'm like thanks a lot mom
0: but, I mean she, she doesn't mean anything I love bad by it
3: support. but I hear shit
0: like yeah, that from my boys so I get it, I get it.
3: but yeah and and then but you have to you have to write what comes to you and yeah. fortunately now the you know I, I in the last two years, I've written two of these Elfie uh, stories that got put into the Fantastic Schools anthologies, which is great because you know you put your story up there, and um, I figure this means I'm maybe I'm getting closer to figuring out what what I'm going to do with that 300,000 words I've got <laughs> in the sequel, uh, you know, and I and I I have. I have almost 50,000 of the prequel, and I'd really like that novel to be closer to 90,000, but if if I can get it even to 75,000, I'm going to call it good and, you know, just get on. You know,
0: (laughs) I understand. Well, let me go ahead and and get Mary to read, and then Martha. All right, Mary, what have you got for us?
5: Okay, this is one of my uh, sort of a twisted tales, but it's from a... Twisted and untwisted anthology that I just put out. It has sixteen oh, okay. different stories in it. Uh, one of them is even a true story, which is not twisted. It's just a little bit different. But any rate, uh, this one is called "I Double Parked My Dragon." <laughs> okay. <Sounds good. laughs> Brandon ignored the crowd below and the murmur of "What is that?" "'that floated upward as he guided Prudence downward. "'He knew it was an old-fashioned name, but he liked it. "'He climbed out of his seat and headed into the bar. "'At least he assumed it was a bar "'with the large glasses of wine swirling on a lighted sign. "'He turned a deaf ear to those calling after him. "'Hey, mister, where did you get that? "'You can't leave that there. It's blocking traffic.' He also ignored those waving the small black or colorful devices at him and at Prudence. The inside of the building was everything he wanted. The smell of liquor and human bodies hit his nostrils, and he walked to the empty stool in the middle of a long bar. What'll it be? the perky barmaid with blue eyes smiled at him. A flagon of your best wine, he replied. Ha! The man beside him guffed He means a glass of your most expensive wine. The man turned to Brandon and extended his hand. I'm Sean Davis, the newly crowned author. Brandon Smith's I'm sorry. Brandon Smith's son, at your service, he replied, looked at the hand and decided to shake. Uh... Sir, the most expensive wine is not sold by the glass. Usually, the patron buys the entire bottle. That would be $1,000. We keep it as someone will call orders for a special gathering. Brandon shook his head. Things can certainly change. Very well. He undid his pouch and was about to place a coin on the bar when the door swung open. The noise from outside was stronger, excuse me, than than that inside. Sirens were wailing, and someone with a bullhorn was warning people to stay away. It's huge, he could hear someone yell. Everybody stand back. We've got a tow truck coming. The bullhorn was still shouting orders. Everybody, okay. Brandon frowned, and then he heard Prudence roar and people screaming, flames, real flames. Help, my skirt is on fire, a female outside screamed. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Brandon stood, got to go. My dragon is double parked. He ran out the door and tried to shove his way through the crowd. The prudence was standing and swishing her tail as she snorted, and flames and smoke were coming from her nostrils. Her orange hide was turning a deep umber color as anger roiled through her. A woman dressed in a blue uniform with a badge on her chest and a baton in her hand stepped in front of Brandon. "'Stay back! That beast is dangerous!' "'Not if you know how to handle,' her Brandon snarled. The woman raised her baton. "'Stand back,' she ordered.' Prudence roared and ran and ducked as the flames nibbled at the woman's baton and hair. She screamed. (laughs) Watch out, one of the spectators yelled. They're pulling their guns. (laughs) Okay, Uh, that's one of the short stories in there. (laughs) That's
4: awesome. I love both of your readings. Yeah,
5: well, you know, I'm like Barbara. My my stories tend to be there's no really fantasies except in my short stories, uh, uh, but they're science fiction. In yeah. fact, the the chronicles of the Maca, the first three of those uh, novels have American history in them because he gets stranded on Earth and it's a tale of how he survives and uh, his family and. Is finally leaving back for his own planet. Mm. So, but this—I uh, uh, I can't explain where the stories come from. They just—they're in my head, and I have to write them down. I understand. Oh, I understand
0: that. that. <laughs> I think we all understand that. Yep. <laughs> Something just yep. pops in there, and you—you've got to get it out. Right. Uh, you know, or it, it will either—it'll do one of two things. It'll either. Uh, disappear disappear on you if you don't get it written down or it'll just fester until you finally, finally give in and say, Oh, all right and Yeah, that's story. basically
5: what yeah it, it just keeps repeating itself if I don't write it down.
0: Yes, yes. And it'll work its way into my dreams and I'll be driving around or <laughs> oh, something.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And uh have yeah. you know, and, and things in my life start pushing me toward this story yeah, that happens all the time. I
5: understand
0: mm-hmm. so well. Um, where can our listeners find your work, Mary?
5: Okay, well, uh, my new publish well, he's not new, but the publisher I have is wonderful. They are now not only on Amazon, they're on Barnes & Noble, they're at Walmart, they're all over the place. You can find uh, Apple and, and Audio, Google, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Google, so if if you go to the uh, publisher, next publisher, and uh, next chapter publishing, and click on my office page, it'll take you to all these different sites. Or if you uh, go to my website, you should be able to also find them. Uh, but you know they're, they're under the name of Mary Collier, M-A-R-I, Collier, mm-hmm. C-O-L-L-I-E-R. Um, I love your do you have a blog or a website that you'd yes, like to the, share? The website is H-T-T-P-S you know uh, colon slash slash w dot Mary M-A-R-I call your C-O-L-L-I-E-R dot com Excellent
0: <coughs> Oh, excuse me uh, The weather's getting to me
5: Right, I know, me too
0: and Me the, too and this, <laughs> Storm blew in something. The storms always blow in something. Yeah. So I'm just I'm having myself a little a little asthma fit over
1: here. Ooh
0: yeah. oh, I've got plenty of medication. I'm I'm good, but still <laughs> it's, it's frustrating. I may yeah. turn around and have to I I have uh medical marijuana gummies and there's oh, yeah. one that they have that's pineapple haban jal- or jalapeno. Pineapple jalapeno, oh. and that clears everything. And I, I didn't really want to take it because I get silly enough without it. But I, I may,
1: <laughs> I may have to pop that,
0: and then things might take a bit of a turn. <laughs> oh. Mar- Mary was actually on the, on the show when I tried uh, a new one of the oils for the first time, which I, I, I'll admit I started taking it because it's called Aliens on Moonshine, and who could resist that? Right. But it's really good, and it, it also helps my asthma. But oh. I got real silly that day, as I recollect.
5: <laughs> <laughs> oh.
0: We had fun. That, that was a good day. That was. I think you were on with um, – Lindsay, weren't you? Um, I, d- oh,
5: I think so. Cause, yeah, cause,
0: I, I think you were on with Lindsay. And he's he's so, he's so recently passed, and oh, I'm, I'm sorry. so sorry that he's gone because he was such a fun guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: His books are still around as far as I know. So that's <laughs> <that. clears throat> All righty. Marta, have you got something that you can read for us?
4: I want to ask a favor. Okay. Um, I have, okay, along with finally finishing the sequel to my dystopian series, Mm
1: -hmm.
4: (laughs) which I'm not going to read tonight. I want to just brag on that for a minute because it took me 10 years. (laughs) Wow. Good for you. Go ahead. You brag on, babe. (laughs) I could not figure for the life of me how I was going to dig dig us out of that mess. <laughs> it was out quite of the mess, sure. <laughs> Anyway, um, I finally did dig us out and but and it's a I and the audio book is supposed to be out and I listened soon and I listened to it and I'm like, Oh my God, this is really a good book and boy did I listen to my husband a lot about carpentry. <laughs> <laughs> Because he'd be talking about this and that and the other thing, and I didn't even realize how much I'm listening, and all of a sudden I'm listening to the audiobook, and I have all the parts for it in there. You know? Oh, how cool. Anyway, but along with my own work, and along with being a, doing an anthology with a whole bunch of other authors, including a couple of USA Today bestsellers, mm. selling authors, mm um where all of the proceeds are going to they um going to the humanitarian aid for the Ukraine people. Oh, great. They're going directly for there and I did a short story for that and I did a um poem for that. Oh. But along with doing those things, I also have been finishing and getting published my mother's short stories and children's yes. books
1: mm-hmm.
4: and my, the one story that my sister had started, which was a ghost story.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: And I finished that for her after she passed. Mm-hmm. And if possible, I would like to read just a little teeny tiny excerpt from one of my mother's children's books.
0: Yeah, please do. And a
4: little teeny tiny excerpt from my sister's ghost story.
0: Okay
4: If that's okay with you But I'll that's keep them fine. short That's okay. fine You sure?
0: Yeah, go ahead
4: mm-hmm. Which one do you want me to start with? The children um, or the ghost story?
0: Oh, Let's start with the ghost story first Okay Because if I remember correctly I read that one and it's really good I sort of um,
4: think George Haynes?
0: Yes, yes
4: It is really good It's really good um the question is can anybody tell whether where I he, she stopped and I started
0: mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> so far nobody's I couldn't. been able to
0: I couldn't <laughs> when I read it you really very seamlessly took over her very beautifully
4: Thank you but the word hint, haint, h a i n t is an old southern word for haunt or ghost mm-hmm. And the name of the story is George Hink, An Unusual Ghost Story. And it takes place in the, eight, in the 1800s, gold and silver Russian, the Virginia City, Nevada area. And um, I'm just, and George and Mary, Mary has passed away. And they had fallen in love when they were very young and made their way across the country from Pennsylvania to the Gold Rush area. And I'm just giving you that. And George wakes up every morning and to this cold shack and doesn't ever feel hungry, but he's always cold, but never is cold. And he never loses weight. So anyway... Hmm? I was just laughing. So so I'm going into Chapter 3 right now. Yet it came back again and again, returning, and each time George's only relief came from carving up another whore. Where was I? George thought. Oh, yes, thinking about the first one. Or was it really the first one? He wandered again, wondered again. Something just didn't sit right in his mind about it being the first. I need another fix, he said aloud, looking around the shack. Why ever did Mary and I move back here? We had such a lovely place in the Gold Hill area of Virginia City. Did we move back here together? He questioned aloud for the umpteenth time. I just don't remember. Why don't I remember? I, don't seem, I seem to have gaps in my memory, and I do not like it, he yelled at the empty chair. But the chair didn't answer. It never did, no matter how long George stared at it. Moving his gaze to the open window, George said, Why doesn't anyone come to visit or check on me anymore? It's as if I'm invisible to them. I hate that, he yelled. I don't like being invisible. I'll make them see me. I'll make them remember George hanks Sorry, I'm turning the page. <laughs> okay. My name will go down in history. Just then he heard voices outside. We can go into that. We can can go alone in that shack, Elizabeth. It scares me. I heard it was haunted, Clyde. I don't believe in haints, do you? I mean, seriously, we can get in and out of the cold night and be alone for a while in there. What's a haint? It's an old word for ghost or evil spirit in the south, Elizabeth. I like that word. I'm not sure about going in there, Clyde. It looks spooky to me. George peered out the window at the young pair. I'll just tell them to get lost if they come in here, he thought, watching the boy put his arm around the blonde girl. What a pretty thing she is. It might be fun watching them instead of ordering them out. He watched Clyde whispering in her ear, slowly trailing his fingers down her face, across her full lips, and finally kissing her. Yes, I'll watch for a bit, but where to hide? It's dark in here. Perhaps if I stand in the shadows, they won't see me until it's too late, George thought, slithering into the darkest corners of the room. Opening the creaking door, Clyde glanced around, pulling Elizabeth behind him. It's pretty dusty in here, but we can shake out the bedding. Squinting up her pretty nose, Elizabeth said, Clyde, it's creepy. Turning to her, he pulled her into his arms again, stroking her hair back and teasing her with his kisses until she was breathless and stopped thinking. He picked her up and carried her to the bed. They couldn't get enough of each other as they pulled their clothes off until their skin met, until skin met skin and they fell to the bed. A smile spread across George's face. This is going to be fun, he thought. When they are alone... That is when I will, when they are done, that is when I'll show myself. His hand grabbed at the axe sitting in the corner next to him. Oblivious to anything but each other, breathing heavily, Clyde and Elizabeth slowly made love. I have to clear my throat. My allergies are there. Oh, (laughs) dear. Oh, just lost my place. Oh, Oh, dear. (laughs) Okay. Their hands caressing each other, nothing else excited existed for either of them but the moment and the feel of each other. I love you, Elizabeth, Clyde said, stroking her face, his lips finding her swollen mouth again. I didn't hurt you, for, did I? Only for a minute, Clyde. Then it was glorious. Do you love me, Elizabeth? God, yes, she said, her hand moving down his chest. Leering at them with a smile on his face, George thought, this is going to be better than any of the others. Suddenly, George saw Mary. She was standing right in front of him. No, George, not this time. You will leave them alone. What kind of a monster have you become? And I'm going to leave it there.
0: Oh, darn. Okay. That's a
3: cliffhanger.
0: (laughs) Well, I've read it, so I know what happens. But I, I will say this. It is an excellent story. It really is a good story, and I highly recommend it.
4: Um, The next one is one of my moms. And um, both of these, both people, my mother and my sister, who were two of my very best friends, I promised them on their deathbeds that I would finish their work. And this one is a children's story. It's called Algernon or now as I've redone the whole inside and made coloring books out of them, as well as books and different illustrations. It's called A is for Ant Eater, Algernon. Okay. Algernon slowly ambled slowly across the acreage looking for ants. Ants were his passion. Ants were his thing. Ants were his ambition, you might say. Ants, plain and simple. Sp- fancy or spicy, it made little difference to Algernon. White ants, red ants, or black ants. It made no never mind to him. An ant was an ant was an ant. That was a situation at exactly twelve and one half minutes past ten o'clock in the morning of ten o'clock in the morning of june twenty sixth, nineteen eighty one. But at exactly 13 and one half minutes past 10 o'clock on that same morning, the entire situation changed because that was the exact moment, the precise time, the historic moment when Algernon discovered chocolate covered ants. <laughs> Someone, I don't know who, had left a full jar of chocolate covered ants in Algernon's backyard. Someone, it could have been anyone left that jar that, with a partially open lid, just waiting to be pried off by a long, sticky anteater tongue. Whoever <laughs> that was, they were the most careless, and that someone will go down in anteater history as either the most blessed or cursed, most cursed, depending upon one's point of view. You see, it all <laughs> depends on the way... You see, it all depends on the way one looks at the situation because finding a jar of chocolate-covered ants changed Algernon's life completely forevermore. No more would he be the simple, rustic animal he had always been. He would never be content to amble slowly across the acreage searching out a organic ants to satisfy his hunger no longer. Absolutely not. His tastes were forever changed. He became sophisticated. He must dine on those delicious, sweet, crunchy, exotic goodies that he discovered in that jar. His appetite for chocolate-covered ants became insatiable. He must have more. The mad passion for chocolate-covered ants posed a serious problem for him, though. Where could he get these marvelous dainties, he found? Algernon carefully licked the red, white, and blue label off the jar with his long, sticky tongue. Then clutching it firmly in his claw, he humped away home to his burrow. Inside, his memory served him well. Back in the corner behind his back bedroom, an old McGuffey reader was shoring up the wall. It had been placed there by the last owner of the burrow to keep Sam from slipping in and messing up the carpet. With the reader and a few pages of an old dictionary... You should be able to figure out how to read this label. So that was the reason why, and this was the manner in which Algernon became the first anteater in all of anteater history to learn to read. For all I know, <laughs> for, for all I know, he may have been the only anteater ever to want to learn to read. Quite a, an accomplishment, wouldn't you say?
0: Oh, that's funny!
4: <laughs> it gets better. I'm sure. That. It's so a great sweet. children's book.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds really fun! Sounds really, really fun.
4: <laughs> and what he goes through to find a way to get become comfortable enough to take his new reading skills and find a way to, because he realizes, of course, that we can only get chocolate-covered ants if he gets involved with humans. Oh, boy. (laughs) Okay, so we'll leave it there. But it's it's a great message book for children in reading
0: and what Mm -hmm. you can
4: get from a book, but it's also a great little fun book to read, just as even as an adult.
0: It sounds like it. Mm -hmm. Well, I've always enjoyed your book, so I know that I would enjoy that one, too. Um, Where can our listeners find your work?
4: Um, They can either find them on my website, which is Com. Or they can find them mostly on Amazon, except they're all also available on BookBub and Pap and paperback, audio, coloring books for the kids,
1: mm-hmm.
4: and um, on Barnes and Noble and Walmart. Excellent. Wonderful. And in the and in the audio books are available uh, Audible, Amazon. Um, iTunes. Mm-hmm. So, but that's it. And thank Excellent. you very much for humoring me with that.
0: Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> I love your stories. That was that was great.
4: By thank the you. way, I'm, I owe you all reviews, which I'm working on review, getting reviews slowly done.
0: Oh. <laughs> I've just gotten to the point where I'm not doing reviews anymore and I really need to get back to it because... I just don't seem to have the time to sit down and read. Uh, Oh well, I will get back to it eventually. (laughs) I I
4: didn't get a a lot of reading done for a while, and then I started reading again. So I've been, I got like in in your books and Mari's book, books I've got them read. I just have to finish the reviews and post
0: them. Oh, I know that problem too. I understand well, I want to pop back to my question since we've had our wonderful, wonderful excerpts, and thank you all. they were just delightful. Um, I want to go back to the first question that's in my list that I gave you, and uh, pick your brains. Um, and I'll go ahead and start with Marta and work my way backward. Um, is there a question that you very much like to would very much like to be asked? or one which you have been, I'm having trouble saying this, is there a question that you would like to be asked but never are, or one that you're asked a lot and love to answer?
4: Okay, Who did you say you were asking this? Who who are you
0: asking? I was asking Marta first, and then I'll, I'll work backwards. For, and then I'll go to you
4: and then I'll go to Barb. Okay. That I would okay. always like to be asked and never asked. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> um, gee, I'm a pretty open book. If you ask me a question, I'll answer it.
0: Well, is there a question that you like to be asked and answer a lot.
4: Uh, where, did I, where do I get my ideas? Okay. Well, no, where do actually, you get your ideas? There's a question <laughs> I would love to be asked.
0: Uh-huh.
4: I never have been. How do I finish in someone else a book in someone else's voice?
0: That's a good question. Oh,
4: okay. yeah. And in answer to that, is it would be the the same way when I wrote dinkys the nurse Mary Fall. uh-huh i I literally have to become them within the story
0: oh wow okay.
4: Uh, I have to allow my ego to go away just as if you are a really really great actor
1: mm-hmm. and you
4: have to let go of your own ego and become that character.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: I have to do that. Re- read through their story and become part of what they are writing. Okay. And continue from there, and mm-hmm. so that I'm writing through them. Wow. Mm-hmm.
0: That that sounds difficult.
4: Cause actually, I'm. I- I learned how to do that in college, Uh in an honors writing class, I mean honors uh, English class, Mm -hmm. and also from a a fellow writer and friend, um, Robert Walker, Mm -hmm. but the way you do that is you take a short story that somebody, anybody has written, and you an ending on it. Mm-hmm. First, you ty- type out a lot of just exactly what they wrote, and then you put in another ending on it.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: And you do that over and over and over again. But it's it's also a part of being an empath.
0: Interesting. Very interesting. I'm not sure I could do that. But I I'm, I've never tried. Maybe I could, but... Wow, that sounds very challenging, definitely challenging.
4: (coughs) Um, Thank you for letting me answer a question that I've always wanted to be asked and never have been able to.
0: You're very welcome. I'm happy to do that for you. Um, Mary, do you have a a question that you've always wanted to be asked or uh, one that you love to answer when you are asked?
5: Oh, one of them says, "Where do you get your wild ideas?" <laughs> and I have to answer them. I have absolutely no idea. They're just there, and everybody yeah, thinks an I'm weird. <laughs> that's no, one but, of your
4: best quote uh, traits.
5: Oh, okay. Because you know, it just. You know, I, I cannot tell you where I get these ideas. I mean, they just—they're just, they're just there. Yeah, things just
0: pop in your head, and—and and it doesn't even have to be directly related to what's going on around you. Just
1: something
0: clicks, and all of uh-huh. a sudden you have this story of. Oh, hey, I ought to do such and such and so and so. And wouldn't it be cool to have this kind of alien or that kind of situation? Just see where it goes. <laughs> that's how I write all the time. I get it completely. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, I do, too. Oh, man. Yeah.
4: That, that's a good
0: question. And, and people ask that a lot. They'd ask me that. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, bet another yeah, question. He, so silly. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
4: I, yeah, I, I bet make... another question you get asked asked a lot is, do you? Uh, because you write wrote very great romance novels. Uh-huh. <laughs> is your sex life really like that?
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> You know, I have been asked that question. In fact, um, one of my youngest son's mom, uh, one, the mother of one of my youngest son's friends, if that's not too convoluted, asked, as she read, she read the ninja tattoo, which I, I need to get back out, but she read the ninja tattoo and she asked me that. I'm like, no, that is really no. I I have a really good imagination. <laughs> she would not believe me. She would not believe me. I'm like, no, I, I, I don't even know where most of those ideas came from. Those were from Teague. That was not that was not me. That was Teague, the main <laughs> character. And I don't know where he got those ideas, but they were good ones. They were <laughs> a very good ones.
4: But yeah, I do
0: get I do get asked that question periodically and it's it's a little embarrassing because no, no, definitely not. <laughs> I wish, but no. <laughs> <laughs> um Barb, what is a question you would like to be asked and aren't or one that you get asked a lot and love to answer?
3: Well, um The question, I guess, that I would like to answer, and no one's ever asked, although I would say someone has asked, but in a way that I didn't like, is uh, why are you still working on your husband's stuff when he's been dead for 18 years? Well, first off... Michael um he was he wrote uh in a different way than I do um mm-hmm. so he had more description he had longer phrases he had uh his ideas made a lot of sense but mm-hmm. you know remember how I told you about the Joey Ma- Maverick character well Joey was different because most of what he was doing was very quiet. Mm-hmm. You know, he was not a guy who was bringing attention to himself. And the only thing that he, the first thing he was recognized for was being a volunteer during uh, a slow speed sailing regatta, which, you know, for naval types, base Navy, that's got to be back to their roots or something like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, but uh, I, I once had someone ask me this, he's like, why did you even bother with that? You know, he wasn't known Why why are you bothering with that? I'm like because he should have been known. Yeah. Um I bother with it because I I think his stories have worth. I mean, even even the 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 one that I'm writing now, it has absolutely nothing to do with what he what he came up with. You know, uh-huh. the the, the the young adult one. It, I mean, when it, it the only thing it, it takes from my late husband is is his universe. That's it. You know, oh, okay. I mean, I I knew this is where the space academies would be.
1: Mm-hmm. I
3: knew that occasionally they would they would admit a cadet that was younger than usual. So here we've got our fourteen year old brilliant cadet. And she and her whole, her, whole class goes missing on, on the way to the academy. And these people, you know, they, they're, they I don't even, I, I would call ecological monsters of a type because they, <laughs> they believe that you should be um, growing your own food all the time. And on a space station, that just doesn't sound right, does
0: it? <laughs> it might be a little difficult.
3: Yeah, so here, so here they are. They're you know, they're putting these young, young people, and most of them are 16, to 18. She's fourteen, so, oh. and they and they've got this thing where they're trying to marry people off to keep their cult going. And oh, um, you don't see any sex. You don't see any. There's only a slight amount of of. Uh, the the menace is there, but it's it's not. It's mostly um off screen you know it's like, right. how am I going to get out of here? What am I gonna do mm-hmm. she you know her her father was the uh was known in, in you know and this again i I came up with on my own that the father was knighted or whatever the equivalent is because he he managed to save the ship that he was on, and he was a pretty low ranking guy and he managed to save them all. So she has grown up with her father being like this and her motto is survive, suborn, sub sabotage. So mm-hmm. I came up with all this. Wow. And but it's in Michael's Atlantean Union universe which is in the wow. far future. So I mean mm-hmm. so I, I have I have the universe I you know, I, I know where where he intended the military academies to go. That helps me. Um but as far as why I'm trying to finish Joey Maverick stories and things like that, I I think it's awful that my husband didn't get more time to finish writing what he was writing. Yeah. Um, but since he didn't get a he didn't get a choice about that, my view was I don't want his his work to die too, even if it's gonna be through me, even if it's not gonna be the same as it would have been with him uh uh-huh. um, At least if some of it.
0: I think that's great. I love that you're
3: doing
4: that. But I don't think it's you wonderful. think in some ways, Barb, that you're speaking, you're finishing in his voice in some ways? Um, in some ways,
3: yes. And it's, it's difficult because, like I said, the way he wrote was a lot different than me. hmm hmm that does make it
0: difficult.
3: <laughs> um, and 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 again in the Joy of Maverick thing it's like all of a sudden I'm going something some place where yes he sketched out what the what the world was but he didn't really this was not where he was gonna go. This was where he was gonna go say five books from where he you know, I mean he was he was writing the first novel when he died. Oh. And so it's like, okay, so I've got this whole uh book that, like now what do I do? <laughs> so, so I, I've come up with here's the world, here's what happened, here's what's going on with him, mm-hmm. and uh, now, but it's but it's a it's going to be a really rough story to write because we know that Joey Maverick the, he had a cybernetic eye
1: mm-hmm.
3: when he was older. This is how he lost his eye and i mean i i'm like okay so we've got terrorists and we've got people who are awful on that and this particular world you're really if you're a human being you don't want to be out there and uh, you know so i'm i'm like well how do i get there from here <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and and yeah. so i i you know so i i have some of it i have it in my head and i hope that i can i can do it justice but of course you know, I, I don't know about the rest of you all but because my main day job so to speak is editing. Mm-hmm. Like how do you know, so we've got editing and then we've got family concerns and then we've got um more editing and then I try <laughs> to squeeze a little bit of writing here in here and there. And yeah. uh I I mean I I guess I mean, I think you guys all know why, um you know, we all write because this is what we feel we have to do. This is what we yeah. feel that that the you know, you're, tell you're, us to. <laughs> yeah, that. it's like it's like do this or else. Yeah. Um. But you know, the the main thing I think is. I mean, I I got fr- pretty frustrated with the with the male friend who asked this, you know, because I'm like, how can you how can you know me and not get this about me, okay? Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, that doesn't really make a lot of sense. Um, have you ever done? I'm, I'm changing subjects really abruptly here, and I apologize. Um, but have you ever done the the Nano Challenge, the National Novel Writing Month?
3: Um, to an extent, yes. When I was um trying to finish up changing faces, I said, all right i'm gonna to try to i'm gonna to try to get three chapters. I think is what mm-hmm. I went for, which so it's not a full novel I anything, but I was trying to get here's how I'm gonna finish this um and so I wrote several chapters and it it did help me uh-huh. um, but for me. The 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 best time I had as far as output was when my husband was still alive and was able to encourage me and, and we were able to share the load as mm-hmm. far as here's paying work, here's what we're gonna do with this you know, we would talk about our stories, I mean we got along exceptionally well and we understood each yeah. other. Um, you take that away and <coughs> it makes it not just twice as hard, it's more like five times as hard.
0: I can imagine. See, I've never had anybody to really bounce ideas off. I mean, I I have to a degree with my husband, but he's not a writer, so mm. he doesn't know. I mean, he has written things, but he's not as obsessed with it as I am. He, he still mm, excuse me, still has the idea that I can make the characters do what I want because it's my story. <laughs> I, wish it
3: were, I, I wish it were. I wish it were like that, but. It, but I mean it's kinda like it's kinda like when Bruno showed up. It's like I'm like this and I don't care what the rest of the Elfies are and they're like this, this and this and I know. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and I mean if I was gonna write a story, first off what I, I it's hard to believe that I would come up with that because it was such an ambitious thing for me to write. I mean, I'd not uh-huh. finished a novel at that point. I'd finished some short stories but I've not finished any novels. Hadn't sold any short stories yet. Um mm-hmm the 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 one the the two things I had in my corner um were my husband and the fact that um rosemary Edgehill who's a very uh well known science fiction and fantasy and mystery author, had mm-hmm. read some of my work and liked it very much and these were Wonder- the two things these are the two things I had, and i mean those were big things mm-hmm. and you know after after Michael died, I felt like I was kind of letting Rosemary down somewhat, but I don't think that's how she felt that she she knew it was going to take me years to put myself back together, yeah but well i mean the have you, yeah the, go ahead go ahead
0: go ahead no, I'm sorry I was interrupting
3: well that's okay i mean I mean
0: well, it, I was it, just wondering if you've ever thought about you know their their writing groups and communities in Facebook and all over the place have you thought about about doing something like that?
3: Um, I, for a long time, I was a moderator at a Yahoo group before all the Yahoo groups closed.
0: Uh-huh.
3: Since then, I haven't really, but I, I might. I mean, I. A whole lot depends on how much time can I free up.
0: You know? Yeah, that's true.
3: And... You know I, right now I'm even having having trouble getting enough time to say play in play in the uh, community bands you know to you know to do you know this is the time of year where all of a sudden if you most of the time you're going to play Christmas concerts or holiday concerts and stuff, and this Uh-oh. is the first year that you know I mean with COVID, the last couple of years, if I didn't play, I'm like, okay well, that happens, but this year it's like but I don't have any time to do that. <laughs>
1: Like what am I going
3: to do? I mean, if I'm able, to, if I'm able to, I might write a story about someone having to, having to go play the concert. And here's what they here's what they saw. Uh, I I'd almost be afraid of what they did see. You know, it's like okay, well we're <laughs> in the we're in the church. What are what are we seeing there? <laughs> Who shows up there?
0: There know. are so it's, many possibilities. I actually really like that idea. That uh, that's awesome. <laughs> well, you know, and
3: I and I read a, a friend of mine uh, uh, said that they put up a story idea, and I think you may you guys may have seen this if, if you're on Facebook. The the whole thing was, well, what are we going to do about, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the the guy, he wanted to. Uh, find a way to beat zeus so he went around and and he he found all the people that zeus had done nasty things to and he and so he's got he's got women who are marching behind him and we've got amazon warriors and he's got all all these things and zeus being who he is he runs away and so i'm like. <laughs> So I'm like, okay, so now what do I, you know, it's like people are, so I said, this is, this is very interesting, and so a friend of mine said, you should write that, and I'm like, all right, now, with me being me, I'd probably have to write it from Zeus's perspective. Here's why I'm running away. (laughs) You know, I, I did wrong, I know it, and now I'm going to, I'm running away, (laughs) Whereas you know most people are like they're gonna they're gonna write the hero saying I'm gonna despite it all I mean I'm not a god but I'm going and I'm demanding satisfaction I'm gonna put this you know it's fun
0: to take the antagonist's (laughs) point of view I've done it a couple times of course I have a character in my sci-fi series that depending on which side of the battle you're on depends on whether he's the protagonist. Or the antagonist, because mm-hmm. quite frankly, he's everybody's worst nightmare, unless <laughs> you know. So that, I think you could have fun with that from the from the point of view of the of the guy that's running away. That sounds so fun. I think you yeah, should write that. I, <laughs> and
3: and, and I, I figure if I if I do write that, I should I I I would say, all right, I, I'm Zeus, what part of which which society am I gonna land in where no one's not oh, okay, this twenty first century earth looks pretty good. I think I'll go there. Can you imagine how messed up he'd be? Oh, oh It's like, Oh we oh, I, I was just in a thing where they allowed goats to be sacrificed to me. Now if you do that you're gonna get arrested.
0: Oh dear.
3: <laughs> you know, um you know, some of the stuff that they felt were uh I don't know if they really did bear baiting or any of that terrible stuff uh, back then because I don't think they knew what bears were. But, uh-huh. you know, because, I mean, in, in Rome and Greece and such, I don't know how many bears they had to really deal with. But, I, no I mean, the the stuff that they dealt with in the medieval era and before, what people looked at as entertainment, we would say, that's animal cruelty. What the hell's the matter yeah. with you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, Zeus, suicide... Zeus, I figured would he would be at, like, but this is okay. No, it's not. No, you don't do that. <laughs> you can't do that anymore. You can't do that, that is anymore. Not appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and, and so, can you imagine someone like that? How who is who would he meet that would date him? Probably some some woman would say to him, you know, you're not my type, but I like you. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. and, and I mean, he he might show up in all his godhood, and she's like, so. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I special effects are wonderful and all that. Uh, you know, I, I could just see this woman going, "Nope, can't have no. it, not nope, dealing definitely. with it." And then, and then he, him being who he was, you know, he, he was not a good husband to Hera, his, his wife. And uh-huh. so I think he would look at it as he's divorced from her, or he's separated from her, or something like that. And then, of course, you got the thing is, is this. Hera reincarnated saying, "Nope, not doing it. Not interested. Be funny. Been, been there, done that. Forget it. You know, um, and, you know. So I mean, I, I, I am thinking about that now. Um, it would be something completely different, you know.
0: Yes, it would. <laughs> oh well, let me let me go ahead and put this this question to to Mary. Um, are you doing nano or have you ever done it?
5: Uh, I'm not doing it this year. I have done it, but I decided it really wasn't uh, the way I wrote, because, like uh-huh. I said, I, I'm writing down what people are saying in my mind, and I'm writing down how they look. I'm writing down everything around them. Uh, so that really didn't help me one way or the other. It was I was going oh, to be typing this no matter what. Uh-huh. Very true. So... I You know, after a couple of times, I decided, well, no, I'm not going to do it that way because some days I start writing, you know, particularly the first three Mm -hmm. that I wrote, I'd be going along and then I'd have to go look up something in history. And I had my own history books, but uh, the Internet, I discovered, could be a lot faster because I could put in the key words and it would pull it up, just like... uh, the the correct name of Fort Davis in 1856 57 before mm-hmm. the Civil War, and and it was important, and it also was important as to which of the Eighth Army was there because the Eighth Army went through several uh, changes when uh-huh. the Civil War started. Um, you see, you see what happens when you get me started on history. <laughs> Did you want me to continue? <laughs> but anyway well, I, the the eighth army that was about there. The, research, the, for sure. <laughs> the commanders were all Southerners and the Calvary the Army Calvary people were basically Southerners and or Northerners. The uh, Southerners all took off they they had a, a at this time, they had started winning against the Comanche because the Comanche owned territory from Mexico clear up through Nova- uh, New Mexico and uh, into Utah and uh, started into Nevada, and so wow, the, they were defeating them and getting back the white prisoners that they had. Mm-hmm. And when the Civil War started, the southerners left and went south to join the confederacy and the union men went north most of them to massachusetts and became another eighth army up there
0: oh my
5: yeah and uh second (laughs) dragoons uh there was no place for them because of the costume that they wore Mm -hmm. when fighting for the united states so they did go back to the east also to the united states and they got put into a completely different unit, and their commander was Lieutenant. Now, uh, do you think I can think of his name? Of
1: course
5: um, not. Because you're trying to. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the the guy who lost the the, the crazy uh, bull run. Custer. Oh, Custer. Yes. Okay. Yes, he that he was their commander. He mm-hmm. he was he was a dashing darling of the civil war by the way. Oh wow. <laughs> and I said that you see what happens when you get me started on history.
0: <laughs>
5: That's all
4: right. Thank you, Thank you Mari. <laughs> I have
0: um I have the same problem though with the the history things. I mean, I had when I was writing my historical novels, I oh. would find things that I needed to know. Right, And I was working on them back before a lot of it was on the Internet, now ah. everywhere. But this all, all these all-important facts I couldn't find. So my husband and I took trips up to St. Augustine because it's like two hours north of us. Uh-huh. And we um, roamed around up there and, and went Ooh. to various historic places. And then um, I happened to be on, um, I was on a, another website, it's like um, like Myspace, this place is kind of oh. oh, Gather, it was called Gather, I was on there and I happened to meet a woman who um, is a licensed um, guide in St. Augustine, she doesn't live there but she has oh. a license to show people mm. around and she filled in a lot of blanks for me mm. and gave me um, gave me resources, told me what books to look for. And if it hadn't been for Kelly Sharp, that book would never have gotten finished, absolutely wouldn't. And neither would the second one, because she was the one who told me where to find all this stuff, you know? And, uh, you know, stuff that she couldn't answer herself. She knew where to locate it, but she was fabulous.
5: Uh-huh. Um, oh, man.
0: Yeah, I really lucked into that. And when I was working on the sequel they were doing a reenactment in St. Augustine and I had uh, signed up for their um, their newsletter and got this email thing. I was like, oh, I am so going to that. So the, <laughs> my, my kids and I headed up. We took the day and went up to St. Augustine. My husband was having to work so we headed up to St. Augustine and went all over the place and I talked to this fellow who was the reenactor for James Oglethorpe, the British commander in Savannah, wow. they uh-huh. they did uh, they launched a, a, an offensive against Saint Augustine and lost massively, and oh, wow. uh, so it was really cool talking to him. I talked to him for a, an hour, and the <laughs> whole time he stayed in character. I was so impressed. He was wow. fabulous. And he gave me his email address and said if I ever had any questions to send him an email. And uh, so while I was writing the book, there was conflict between something he had said and something that was in something else that I read.
1: So I emailed
0: him, and he said, oh, absolutely, they're completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I told you the real thing. He teaches history up there, so I, I believe that he is. Wow. That he is that he is correct. And that's how I did it in the book. I used what he said. But mm-hmm. <laughs> that yeah. you know, I was really I really lucked into that. And you're you're talking about your your pre civil war and civil war history and I can go even further back and tell you all about the siege of St. We could just completely bore everybody to tears by talking <laughs> And we'd be so excited ourselves. that yeah. everybody else would be going, "What the hell are they talking about?" You wouldn't be boring me. Oh, well, good. Good. Maybe we should do a show on research sometime. I think that would be that would be a lot of fun. We'll do that in the new year.
4: Ah. I I literally grew up um reading every history book I could find. I was so enthralled. Mm-hmm. Uh Uh-huh. Right. I mean, I absolutely love history.
0: Oh, right. Well, I'll get you and Mary both on there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Because I have
5: one, two, three, four shelves of nothing but history books. Wow. That isn't even counting the archaeology books that are on another side.
4: Uh, hey,
5: I want to. Yeah, come I have about at you that and Look too, at your Maura. library.
4: <laughs> I, I think I have about that too, Mary, Mari. Wow,
3: I believe you. I have quite a few. I have quite a few as well. I mean, it's, I, it's interesting to read various things. Um, yes,
1: it is. You
3: mm-hmm. know, um, the 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 most interesting thing I I picked up as uh, a speculation was uh, maritime war during the Grecian times. So I'm like, oh, oh wow. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, okay, first off, but my main reason was they did war. And then, you know, in, on, on the water, it just seemed like why, you know, how would they, why would they do that? Why not just fight on land? I mean, it just, but they, but they had this whole sophisticated thing. And, yeah. you know, we, we as, as human beings, we like to think that, okay, um, because of the age we live in, we have more access to things than a lot of people did say in uh, right. the medieval time or the, even right. the renaissance unless you were very very wealthy you didn't have access to a lot of things
1: mm-hmm. but right.
3: but because um, because of that we tend to think oh well they were more primitive than us but primitive doesn't mean stupid and they keep up right, with man. some real interesting things <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know that. that you know that that interests me, and uh you know as far as research goes, there is an awful lot to research, even you know whether you're no matter what you're writing yeah, um, there's just so much stuff out there that you can look at, and it's it's mm-hmm. it's a it's an excuse to go down the rabbit hole, you know oh yeah. <laughs> I had a a nano
0: buddy who was – he hadn't finished his novel. It was the last day of the month, and he was pissing around looking up stuff on Norway. Now, he was not writing a book about Norway. He didn't have any Norwegian characters. He just didn't know what to do with his book. So he spent the last, like, six hours of writing time, never did finish his novel because he was busy looking up stuff on Norway. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: and I will always think of that. <laughs> um, Marta, I wanted to ask you, have, have you done or are you doing NaNoWriMo this year?
4: I have not done NaNoWriMo yet.
0: Um, mm-hmm.
4: I have thought about it, but there's been so much that have gotten in the way of me just sitting down and writing.
0: I understand.
4: That... Um, Let's just say life has been happening. Yeah. <laughs> what do they what do I, they say? Uh life happens uh, you life happens while you're making your plans? Yeah. Yeah. That's very or something true. to that effect.
0: Yeah. Decidedly. Wow, we're we are almost
4: speaking a history. Of the show. Uh-huh. Speaking of history. Did you know that in the in ancient Egyptian pharaoh's burial, they found cocoa.
0: Really? Really?
4: Which I didn't know it was that
0: they had it there. That's awesome. They, yeah, the only that place
4: that that's grown is in South, South America. America. Mm-hmm. Great. Right. So there was trading in ancient Egyptian times mm-hmm. between South America. In Egypt.
5: Damn, that's Incredible. Yes, that it is. It's incredible. Yeah, cool. it really is. And, but they, and that was. Wow. It was
4: wow. a delicacy, and they had cocoa. Wow. wow.
0: <laughs> um, we are almost
4: to the end of
0: our time, and I want to go real quick. <clears throat> and ask each of you um, for a a little piece of advice for other authors, because we all have different journeys. We all have other things that we've discovered in our writing. And um, so I'm going to start with Mary on this one. Um, What is a piece of advice that you would like to give
5: Basically, it's read, 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 and sit down and write at the same time every day. Okay. Yeah, you know, that's, that's the basics.
0: <laughs> okay.
5: <laughs> but,
0: I'm writing this down, by the way. Uh, um, anything else you want to add?
5: Well, you know, it, they have to decide what they're writing, how they're writing it, whether they want to outline it or do it by the... Mm-hmm. Out of the minds like I did.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: You know, like one friend said, oh, you're channeling. I said, I don't know that. But, you know, <laughs> so, you know they have to decide how they are going to do their works. Right. But unless they are well-read and writing at the same time every day, they're not mm-hmm. going to go very far. That's
0: probably true. Um all right, that's a great answer. All right, Marta, how about you?
4: Don't go into it to make money. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because it's pulling at you to do. That would be one thing.
1: Mhm.
4: And the other one is write what you're passionate about. you It doesn't have to be what you know. It has to be what comes to you naturally.
0: Yeah.
4: And what That's you good. feel passionately about. Mm-hmm. But Sorry, I'm writing don't this down. <laughs> you don't go into it because you think you're going to make millions of dollars. Very few people do.
0: Yes. Very, right. very few. One day, maybe. One day, day maybe I'm old and gray. Maybe
4: <laughs> um, I don't believe in age, so
0: I don't either. I don't either, and I'm one of those people who's very lucky that um, my hair hasn't started to. I mean, I've got silver hairs, but that tends to run in our family; is it goes silver rather than gray. So right now, it just looks like I've got nice little highlights everywhere. It's really pretty. <laughs> I hope that trend continues, but not for a while. Um, Barb, what's a piece of advice that you would like to give?
3: I I think um, try not to let life get in your way. I mean, it's mm-hmm. that's easier said than done. But yeah. if you if you only have say two hours a week to work on your writing, don't just say oh that's just two hours and what's the point? You know, uh-huh. use the t- use the two hours the best you can. Um, yeah. if you if you're able to you know, if if, uh, if you know, stress waxes and wanes and if you're in a, a cycle where it just seems like everything is a bunch of stress, um, you have to try to tell yourself when you sit down to write, It's okay to make mistakes. It's yeah. okay. You can fix them later, and for me especially, because my day job is editing. Yeah. Editor voice never shuts the hell up. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it really doesn't. You know, it's, a, it's a, you're 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 you know you're writing. You're like, why do I write this? That's okay. Go on. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, when I you know when I wrote the uh, story that I that I read from the John and Leftwich have a holiday adventure, uh-huh. I wrote that in six days, and. I mean, it's a five thousand word story, and so I was pretty proud of myself because I haven't had that sort of output, you know, in a long time. The previous story, it took me five months to write five thousand oh words because there was just so much going on. I, I was like, man, what am I going to do? I, I've got—I know what the story is. It's like, come on. Yeah, it's um, wonderful,
0: but I find that it helps me to de-stress if I can sit down and write. You know, it so does. I, it
3: does. But you have to take the pressure off yourself. You have to say, yeah. "All right, it's, it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay if you are uh, if you're not feeling hundred percent.
1: If you're, mm-hmm. you know,
3: even if you're worried about putting the wrong names, then look, you can fix all this." Um, That's Anne right. Lamott, she said, "Bird by Bird." She said that her first drafts are execrable. She said they are so awful that it <laughs> it, it, it and she did. I mean, and. She said they are just, they are so awful that it's like she looks at him and goes, what was I talking about, more or less? And then and then she when goes. you don't she, know yourself, isn't it? And then and then she, she, but she finds the diamond in the rough, and then she's uh-huh. like, okay, that's what the story is about. And then, you know, over 10 or 12 drafts, because that's what works for her, that's how uh-huh. she came up with various stories. And, you know, she's, and must become pretty successful, I would say. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we don't all write the same things. We don't all write the same way. But I think the other thing I would like to say to people is don't let it get in your way that you Mm -hmm. aren't commercially popular at the time. Because who knows what's going to happen in the future. I had a good friend of mine, Lauren K. Jones, when he first put his novels out 15 or 20 years ago, they went nowhere. Oh my! And God. Mm-hmm. and then them on again because I was working with the uh, and I still work with them somewhat um, as a freelancer. Twilight Times Books. Lauren put his books out through Twilight Times Books, and he made a hundred thousand dollars in royalties. Now, it took eleven books Ooh. to get there.
0: Wow! But
3: but he did much better ten years later, and the books were the same. Mhm. I mean I mean yeah, my editing might have. Been, and you know cause the longer you do anything you get better at it but that's true but you know that was that was the thing the, the books are the same and so i i try to remember that you know there also eudora wealthy wrote i don't know how long before she published uh, i think it was and the ladies of the club mm-hmm. and she's not the only one you know and it's not just in books you know grandma moses is known because she you know, kept painting. You know, right? <laughs> you know, Charles Ives was as a composer was was not known until he passed away, um, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden we we found all the stuff that he'd done. So you know, you have to you have to believe yourself enough to keep going.
0: Good, excellent advice. Well, we are almost to the end of the show. I want to thank all three of you so very much for being here. I've had a wonderful time. I enjoyed your excerpts, and we are going to do that history and research show sometime cool. next year. I will, okay. I will talk to you in in the Facebook chat about it, and we'll figure out a date. Okay. Sounds <laughs> good. All thank right. you
4: so much, Delaney, Barbara, um, and Mari. Thank it's you. been wonderful. Thank you for letting me be part of it.
0: Oh, you're so welcome. I'm just delighted to have you all here. Um, Listeners, please tune in uh, Wednesday, November 23rd. That's the day before American Thanksgiving uh, for what's right for me when my guests will be F. Kenneth Taylor and Kevin Daniel. Boy, is that a dynamic duo. We are going to have a blast because these guys are good friends, and they're both just Absolutely amazing. So please tune in and join us. Until next time, this is Delaney Oaks. Goodbye and have a blessed tomorrow.